When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, here we are. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio, episode number... Who knows? Unknown. Who knows? (laughs) Unknown. (laughs) Six months in, seven months in, we're down at Santa Monica Airport. Well, we're with the original crew here. Jerry and Z are here. And um, Saturday afternoon, we've been driving four cams, which we'll get into in a minute. But what right makes now... this episode so special? This is the first episode of Spike's Car Radio that is in a moving car. <laughs> a 1969 VW Beetle in Savannah Beige. It's purchased on the Samba. And now we're just driving along... Well, we how, many, how many miles are on it? 54,000 miles. It Car looks new. new. Yeah. I just, Everywhere you look. I uh, just redid the steering box this, and uh, <laughs> checking it out. It feels Do you want me to shift now. the gears for you? No, no problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> this airport, this is Santa Monica Airport. And if um, You wouldn't know this unless you were down here. There's, a, there's like a road, a two-way road that goes around the runway. And we've been driving this dumb little road. You longer than me. And yeah. I've been driving it for 20 years. When was the first time you drove around Probably this road? Probably 93. I was, this place was introduced to me by David Letterman, who was the first guy I knew that had a, a space here. And I don't even remember how. He, I think he invited me out to see it. This, this turn right here, when I drove with Dave here, as he was bringing us all out, he, he said, this is where you can light it up, Spike, because the tower can't see you. See, now the tower can see us, right? and now we have to behave. You have to drive 20 miles an hour. Um, you have to make sure you stop at every stop sign. I like that dip. That dip's like the, you know, the high school place where you could smoke out, yeah. around, out around back. Now, you just ran the stop sign. You just, ah, what you call it, running. These are all uh, terms. I, Your technicalities. I, I call it, um, I was cognizant. I'm... And this is the airport that they want to close down, this place, this They're special place. They're not closing anything down. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's the only place in L.A. that's like this, where you've got, what is it, four or five square miles straight, and you can see, see how we can see the Hollywood sign up there? Did you hear that plane go by just now? you got the Hollywood sign on one Griffith side Park. and the ocean on the other side in Griffith Park. It that's right. A, and it's a high point in Santa Monica. Yeah, ah. yeah. What what does that mean? No tsunamis. Uh, okay, the high point means that that it's 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 the lay of the land is perfect for an airport. It's the high point. Oh, I see. Highest elevation. Highest elevation, not a high point of our day. <laughs> and Zuckerman is in the back seat. Boy, I've got it all to myself. <laughs> the three of us are crammed into this car, but there's a lot of space here. It's not so crammy. No, you could, we could go cross country. No, this is nice. Uh, if I got to sit in the front every now and again. <laughs> this is mo. Mocha choca nice. It's like a like a chocolate milkshake. Yes, it a chocolate is. milk. It's a latte. Right. 
Uh, what feels better when there's something in your car that's not quite right, and you go, that doesn't feel right. And the steering was chattery in this car. It was just chattery. And I thought, it should be tight. It should be solid. There should be no vibration, no mm-hmm. um, lack of uh, directness. And so I replaced the steering box, and now it's beautiful. Oh, you did? Yeah. Who, who does that work on this car? Uh, the people that work on the car. <laughs> well it does it feels perfect it's yeah. impressive when a car feels perfect from the passenger seat you know and what you I'm can, saying like I can, I've just got my feet on the floor my hands one is holding a mic and I can tell this car is drives like new yeah drives like new yeah now uh, this car's a little lowered on on its uh, suspension settings than stock you can feel it's a little stiff you think it's the right amount or yeah no it feels nice should i uh put it back to stock when it's stock it sits really high off the wheels which i don't love no it has a it's a a very nice ride i wouldn't change anything about it okay great zuckerman do you even like volkswagens you're you were a little late to the porsche game and it takes it took jerry will tell you it took me a long time to get my head around volkswagen and it's only, in fact, the last couple of years that I've really started to understand them. I like, I like how other century they are. Uh-huh. This is this is it's in a way so it's clever, it's primitive. It comes from a Germany that was poor, that was beat down, and it was providing a very basic form of well thought and well executed transportation. But I don't know if I could get into uh, the lack of any. Um, forward motivations. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take issue with primitive and uh, basic. There is a really? sophistication to this design mm-hmm. that uh, I always, even as a kid, I thought, hey, all these other cars have these big metal grills. How come the VW doesn't have that? Because it doesn't need it. Because it doesn't have a radiator. Because these Piper Sports just are the, my favorite planes. All right, we got a plane right in the way here. In fact, someone looks like they parked on the on the road. <laughs> what is that? And the, scream at him. and the hood is up, and he seems to be throwing things out of it. He's getting out. How do we go around him? That seems like a strange place to stop. That is a really he's, he's wrong place law. to stop. Are we get, now we're driving between two planes. Oh Are we going to make gonna it, crash. watch it? We're going to have an aviation accident. What were you doing when you crashed into the plane, Mr. Seinfeld? Podcasting! <laughs> right, how can you say this isn't basic? Well, it's not. It's there's an ingenuity to it, Zuckerman. Right. If you look, that's right. I was I drove clever. here in the Volkswagen thing, and I wanted to turn the light on where the glove box was, and the switch was so cool. It was this little piece of metal that I flipped up, and then the light turned on, well, I and I thought, it, but when, when just I good basic, engineering. And, good engineering. There's not a lot of superfluous you, bullshit. So I think there's nothing. Right. Extra, yeah, the s- simplicity. Thing, right. Simplicity. When I yes. do basic, I say I, it's simple. Simplicity. Would you agree that the Volkswagen logo is a swastika in a carrying case? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We want to talk about the. There are very. There are a Nazi antecedents <laughs> to this vehicle. It is a Nazi car. So no. easy to go there. Yes, so it's just so a joke, Zuckerman. It's really not. We're yeah. not getting rid of that. If you look at it closely, it kind of does, all right? It's just an observation. Now, look. See, they've shut this area Why? down here. What's going, what this used to be there? plane parking. Yeah. And they're going to turn it into something bad, I'm sure. Condos or... You know, another. <laughs> what, what'd you say? Playground for you guys. 
Well, it's it, it's not. There are there are over a hundred small businesses down here. There are flying schools. Amelia Earhart took off here. The Douglas Aircraft were created here and flown out of here during the war. The DC three. The DC three. When when it goes down here, when there's an earthquake, when there's a disaster, the nearest airport's going to end up being LAX, and four hundred five is shut down. Food and water. How does it get in? Puerto Rico people. Your your municipal airports are important. If we could get Harrison Ford to stop crashing, I think that would help mm. our case a little bit. But to me, that's what adds a little fun and, and uh, danger to living in the airport neighborhood. So let's tell uh, our listeners what we drove this morning. We had a very exciting morning. We decided to take out three Porsche 4Cam GTs. Up PCH, as you called we've it, never done before the four cam slam, and we have to credit Zuckerman with this one. He said, "We're we're gonna just we're just gonna drive uh, Seinfeld shit this time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's text him and tell him." And we did, and and this is how generous Mr. Seinfeld is. He said, "Let's do it." <laughs> And and he you really benefit from that, don't you? Uh, First and most, foremost, yeah, right? Yeah. Be- tell everybody why, because this because is something you don't really know about the car thing. It's a little secret thing that I really feel like you and I figured out, although I first noticed it on the Colorado Grand, which I think the first time I did that was 98 or 99. And all these cars you see in the magazines, at the shows, on the lawns, in the, on the Internet, wherever you look at cars, is nothing compared to what it's like to be next to one of these cars moving down the road. It doesn't matter if it's 35 or 85. You're watching this car. On the Colorado Grand, you see these old race cars, Maseratis from the 30s, Alfa Romeos from the 50s. Uh, I think they only go up to, uh, what's the last year they accept? 61 or 2, something like that? I thought that. it was 58. But anyway, anyway that's as far like as for it example, goes. Listen, here's a, here's a All little... Right, we're stopping at a hangar here. This guy has a bunch of really cool Italian he's got cars. A Dino, he's an got Alpha, a Dino, an Alfa, a Seata, he's got Hi. a Lancia, he's got a Dino. Wow. Just a bunch of guys in a Volkswagen Bug doing a show. And you would go buy that wow. space and you would say to the guy, Oh, can I come check out your cars? And you would go wander in there and he's got four or five really cool old Italian cars in there. And you think, oh, this is so cool. It's nothing compared to seeing one of these cars in motion on the road well really it's seeing your car it's an opportunity for you to see your car moving and you're not in it and you get to enjoy it in a completely new way you can do this with one of your friends all you need is a friend (laughs) and another car (laughs) we like yeah (laughs) and someone who's not going to crash it yeah now so the cars we drove today we had an abarth carrera out there right 1960 abarth carrera What's the story on that car? How does that become? How does a Porsche become? Well, let's do all three, just so they they can imagine what we were talking about. The '63. Well, the '60 Abarth Carrera Porsche in 1960 had some good racing success with their Carrera GTs, but they were steel body cars, and they thought if we could get a lighter lighter body on the on this car, we could be a little more competitive with the Alfa Romeos and the Mm -hmm. other cars that were uh, doing well. So they asked. Abarth, Carlo Abarth, to build a body, of which he built 20 until Porsche said the quality is just not good enough for us, and they canceled the uh, rest of the program. So there's 20 of these cars. They're actually quite beautiful. They're very light, and, um, you know, a lot of people think they're the Mona Lisa of the 356 world. 
if you will uh, accept that kind of... Uh, <laughs> because of the nose. Is that mm, why? Just the beauty of it. It's got an Italian flair that, you know, Porsches generally don't have. Right. They have a, a, an, an Austri- Austrian restraint and a Germanic efficiency, but they don't have an Italian flair. And uh, so that's what makes the A-Barth so special. And we had a 63 and... What and we was had it? a 61... 356 Carrera GT and a okay. 63 uh, 356 Carrera GT. Yeah, so three four-cam engines. Three GT cars, which means lightweight, aluminum, doors, front lid, rear lid, louvers, speedster seats, no back seat, no soundproofing. They're, they're race cars, rally cars, and we, very successful in their day. We met at Santa Monica Airport at 8 in the morning and then blasted out along the PCH, and, and, and here's another experience we had. It, you and I had the same thought. It reminded us of the great GT3 drive, the great Carrera GT drive, yep. where you have multiple cars that are similar, and you hear them next to each other. Right. The engines and the gears are, you know, we're mostly in what? Third gear mostly for most of that drive, gear. right? Howling, and just silver, all three silver cars and you feel the vibrations of the engine next to you yes. and it's in sync with yours and it's it hums in and out of sync with it like yeah. that is it's very intense We're it all- was it was extremely intense i found it to be uh an incredible adrenaline rush this whole day just and then we drove up through the santa monica mountains and we stopped at our little uh, dirt patch there that we like and uh but the little loud cars and three of them together, you feel like uh, three wasps or something out uh, looking for yeah. a, a yellow flower. Yes. All silver cars and, uh, and a nice, cool day today. So there weren't a lot of people on the PCH. There weren't a lot of people on the road. And that little piece of dirt we affectionately call Whiz Point. Because we always take which, a whiz there. Which was not uh, as relaxing as it usually is because we had some um, Interlopers. W- well-meaning cyclists from Chicago stop in in their crazy-looking pants wanting to talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't want to talk to anybody. And they had to make the joke about, hey, you want to trade oh, bikes gosh. for the cars? And we knew we were dead. But we did say hi. We were polite. But we were waiting for a ten. I'm. I don't think that's sixty three though. The sixty three. That's the, the one. Car. That's set up like a race car. That yeah. to me really lit up the PCH. It yeah, really told yeah. me the whole way. I'm in something different. I'm in a race car. I'm in a capable race car, mm-hmm. which is, you know, interesting because it drives. It has a, a more solid feel than my. The 70 uh, 911T that I've been sorting. Right. I felt a more comfortable and more confident in your car right. than that T suspension. And I know you can't compare those, but that's that's a decade later. Yeah. Right? Almost. Yeah, but this is a more focused car. Yeah. And, you know, our, our uh, metier, if you will... Mm. Has always been the streetable race car. Metier, Zuckerman. Yes. We should keep this in the vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Next to Miller uh, and the Metier. Yes, very good. <laughs> the streetable race car is always the ultimate drive. Yes. If yes. it's sorted and well adapted to the street. The, the non-compliant race car that you force uh, into a street use does not work. So there's a little bit of a trick with this stuff is... You know, and Porsche does it too. This is takes us to the GT3 versus the 911R again. The yes. GT3 is a track-focused car. 
the 911R is all the same hardware, but tuned for the street. Right. Now, Paul, you've recently had some experience with the 911R. I'm blown away. I have to say, your representations about what that car would be were completely accurate. Just in case you're listening, that means Paul has acquired one. And as you know, we've been arguing, is the GT3 Touring the same as a 911R? And now I've driven both. Yes, and I drove your car. That has driven both. I have driven both, and and I will tell you, they are not the same. That the 911R is. I I told you the comparison I would make. The 911R and the new GT3 Touring with with the uh, manual gear uh, box is to me a comparison of the 73 911 and the 70 911S. So a 73 911S versus a 70, uh, 1970 911S. Very different. They are both outstanding cars, but they are different. The 911R being the 70S. It is, it's it's calibrated to feel light and airy and fun. And the first time I threw it through the first three gears, I knew I was wrong. I called you and I admitted <laughs> to you. I said, I was wrong about this. This is a very special car. While the new GT3 with a Turing pack and manual gearbox is going to look like it, it's calibrated differently. Right. So what would Hitler in the bunker <laughs> react in that video? Well, he always gets upset <laughs> the, of which car he bought and uh, how Porsche keeps uh, <laughs> confusing <laughs> him. And it's so This is what it would be. <laughs> Hitler sold his 911R to get the new GT3 <laughs> and then found out that was a mistake. <laughs> that the new GT3 with a Turing pack and manual gearbox is not as good but it is very you know you sent me that video that did, I don't know whose comparison that was right guys yeah, yeah yeah and by the way he, he ended up comparing a regular GT3 with a manual gearbox he didn't have the turning back but whatever he said there's not that much difference and on any given day you might wake up and want to drive one over the other but at the end of the day, they are different. But there, there is no clear winner, and I, I would agree with that statement. Really, you would agree with that? Yeah, this I wouldn't. I wouldn't because ninety-eight percent of your driving is not on track, and these uh, and the street calibration no. is just nicer. Feels it's, it's, he had. I think Jerry, you the GT three. The GT three is a street calibration, in my opinion. That's how mm-hmm. I drive and my GT three. I was thinking earlier that. At the time, in a contemporary manner, we always want an RS. But later, a little time goes past, and right. you say, God, you know, the GT3 really is the car because right. it's more applicable for the way we're driving. Right. right. It's yeah. a matter of is it your weekend fun thing, or do you want to drive this all the time? That's the question you got to ask. Well, that's so now I talked to our friend in Boston, uh, Steve Serio, Aston Martin. He's got a 911R. He. He's he wants to get like I think he wants to get a 4S GTS now because he's too afraid to put miles on this 911R. What Zuckerman? Are you gonna put a lot of mileage yes. on this car? We're gonna of drive. Course. We're gonna drive. The I haven't seen you in it a lot, my Don't friend. Don't save your cars. Don't. Don't save anything. Your life is go- slipping through your fingers. Grab <laughs> <laughs> it. Have some fun with it. The hell with the miles. This is a funny. Serio's uh, listening to this yeah, and you hear that Serio. We are mileage slaves. We want to have it's, the lowest miles, and it really is yes, stupid. Yes, I, so I get No, it's not stupid when you acquire it, but it's stupid when you have it. And I yeah. realize someone else had to be stupid for you to take advantage of yes. their stupidity, but when you get to heaven to say, I drove my Porsche the least, <laughs> you lose. <laughs> you lose. That is, who are you saving it for, right. theory? The next guy. 
Why right. should he have the fun? Because fuck you know, him. there's a moment, there's a glimpse <laughs> when you're sitting around the hospital bed holding your family's hands, and it occurs to you, God. you didn't drive your car. Yeah. You go, ah! Yeah. And like that's, the, then you die. You're right the frog there. king. You, I you. Pres- yeah. <laughs> I preserved the value of my car and trashed the value of my life. Nice job. <laughs> that is so, so true. Yeah. So, Serio. Drive your car. Drive it. Because I guarantee you. The thing is to you is just that he bought it at too high of a price. That's the uh, Doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't matter. That. So right. forget it, Cheerio. You're going to remember. not making your money back. Just drive the car. You're going to remember the car, the drives, not the money in the bank. It doesn't, that, that doesn't matter. Car and by the way, Porsche's rolling stuff out like crazy now. And, and I can't us. imagine that the R is the last great thing they're going to be making. They figured out that we really do not. There's no end to the amount of cars we want and how much money right. we want to spend. Right. Well, we've heard rumors. Rumors of more things. They're out there. Slicing that cheese let's, ever thinner. Let's talk rumors. What What are we hearing? What's well, on first, the I mean, it's an open rumor. It's in the press that they're, they're apparently there's a new Boxster Spider, a 2019 with a GT3 engine oh, in it. Wow. Yeah. And that seems significant to me. That's got me thinking Boxsters again. Wow. You have a Boxster Spider. I adore adore the new Boxster Spider, which is now two years old. I think it's, in some ways, the perfect little brother to the 918. In some ways, obviously, easier to deal with. It's just a Boxster. But the lightness, the precision, the usability, the fun, sports carry, putting the top up and down a little bit manually. Um, I, I just There's no better car. Well, what, the Boxster Spider, the greatest secret of the last three years in the Porsche community. That's the car you missed, Porsche guys. You missed it. You initially were so negative on the idea of this. I always start negative. (laughs) (laughs) He hated the 918. (laughs) So that you miss out. Now, (laughs) I stopped listening to you. Wouldn't you say it's uh, a close relation to the 911R? Definitely. The Spider? And and so so what's it going to be like with that bigger GT3 engine in it? It's going to be hairy and it's you know, it's going to be better in every way, but it's going to have it's going to have a a raspier edge. Yeah. That that uh, See, I know. like everything you're saying. Well, that yeah, sounds like rock and roll to me. You guys are in for a real treat. We're going to go into one of Jerry's hangers, uh, the the hangar we call affectionately the porn hangar. We call it the porn. We'll tell you why when we come back with more Spikes Car Radio. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Well, introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you get into the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want, and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states, I'm not going to tell you which features or which states. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back. Spike's Car Radio. Zuckerman and uh, Seinfeld have Ritz crackers, and they're arguing about them. <laughs> and I know we're agreeing that reduced, <laughs> reduced fat Ritz fat. crackers are, are horrible. Oh, my God. It's like paste. And, uh... <laughs> 
We're it's in like reduced uh, life. <laughs> <laughs> We're in what what was uh, uh, an airplane hangar that used to be. We call the porn hangar, and tell everybody why, Jerry. I think well, it's obvious. The, uh, reportedly, this hangar was used to create adult entertainment, <laughs> um, featurettes, <laughs> smoke <laughs> for the mature individual. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it's true. You so and I don't think I knew that when I when I you did not. It. No, you did not. I remember when you acquired it, and you said you got to come down and check this out. I just learned that they were shooting adult films down here, and I came over and we walked through. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine a, I don't know, an airplane hangar that you could put. What kind of planes are coming? A couple of biplanes, at least a little it was more. Very, the ceiling must be thirty some odd feet. Two, high. Yeah, two stories, and it was sectioned off. It was cave-like. It right. was sectioned off into about fifteen little tiny rooms with, and and half of them had their own showers. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God. And, and if Bob Guccione was going to make a haunted house for your kids, <laughs> this would be it. Hashtag not me. <laughs> and yeah, and 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 all of us were stunned that this has been going on under yeah. our noses for twenty years. Yeah. When do when did this happen? Mm-hmm. If you if any of you are listening and you know any films that were shot down here in the porn hangar, let me know. I would love to know. But now it's beautiful. How would they know? I don't know. I don't know how you would know because there's no way to tell. It looks no. like that altered. You're not watching Altered Carbon on Netflix, but any one of those AI little mm-hmm. porny places, that's what it looked like and what it felt like, that main place that he goes to. Now it's filled with uh, gorgeous vehicles, um, very industrial. You've done a lovely job here. Mm-hmm. We're sitting, um, you believe in elevation. You have a little elevated area off I to the left elevation, yeah. where uh, we're sitting. On a couch and a couple chairs, mm-hmm. and we're about to light up some Cuban cigars. It's like people love to sit on a porch. Yeah. Right. And we're looking at cars. Mm-hmm. Well, la- didn't we do that on Seinfeld? Didn't we do levels? Wasn't Kramer into levels? Jerry, it's all about levels. Kramer said he was going to change his apartment to a lot of levels. <laughs> <laughs> and Barney Martin, who played my father, said, I don't know how you're going to get comfortable like that. <laughs> and right. uh, Michael said, oh, I'll get comfortable. <laughs> I'm going to light up uh, my cigar, and we'll start uh, jibber-jabbering. What a filthy habit. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I'm I'm looking at a 964 RSR 3.8. It's just a beautiful car. It is a fantastic car. It is so tough-looking. Yeah. And there's there's something about a a Porsche race car in very plain white. Yeah. And and flat white, non-metallic. Mm-hmm. Uh, glossy paint. It's not flat like matte. It's glossy. I mean, how about the slicks? What the, the the look that that gives the car? The Avon. Tall. Now, do you have a tire guy that puts those letters on there yeah. so it says Avon on mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And they're and they're speed lines. <laughs> what is which... he called? <laughs> tire lettering guy. Yeah. <laughs> I want him. This is a car. That is, is it. Street legal. This car. As of January one this year, it's now streetable. Because it's 25 years old. It was well, Jerry wow. says that as if the car is actually legal, but I don't believe it's actually registered yet. I don't think you've, le- you've actually legalized it. It's in theory legal. I swear I saw it in Malibu a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it sounds like heaven, though, when you drive it. It, yeah. it, it. It's a little shade of the IROC RSR. Yeah, but actually know. not that fast. Really? Oddly, yeah, it's not that fast. And why is that? You would think is as a 3.8 and light. It's a normally go. aspirated 3.8. I don't know. Maybe it's got uh, 300 horsepower. 
Okay. You know, it's not going to frighten you. It's a Golf R. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, doesn't that sort of defeat the purpose? I guess the sensation is... It's about the sensation, the look, and the vibe of driving a race right. car on the street, as we were talking about. But this is an example of a car that's so totally a race car, it really is a bit of an... Uh, a struggle to drive on the street. And this uh, plate on the front says 964RSR38. Is that, what is that, a Japanese plate? I think it, it comes from Thomas Schmitz. Oh, Thomas just made the plate? Yes. He's a dealer where? He's a good guy. We like him. He's in Germany. He's one of those sharp-dressed car salesman guys that you don't see here in the United States. Well, he's, a prep, he's, he's got the preppy look. Going, yeah. Right. He's he's. Well, he's, makes you when you see him and you shake his hand at breakfast in Monterey, you want to buy a car from him. I would trust him. You would. More than say some of the <laughs> other guys. What about Joe Macari? Would you trust Joe Macari? That's just a name I see in uh, in Dupont Registry. I don't even know who that is, but mm. I believe I've bought at least three cars from Thomas Schmitz. Maybe four. I see. He's two of the them guy here. who gets the credit for the revival of the nine six four RS. Yeah, making that that yep. was a car that bombed in its day, and found an audience. Fifteen years later, right? Why yeah. did it bomb? People thought it was too harsh. Really, and too it harsh. is demanding. Was car. the nine six four in general well accepted? Uh, this is b- before I was really into these cars. No, because it was it was seemed like kind of a half step modernization of the nine right. eleven. Right, and it was it did not do well. The ni- the early nineties were the, some of the worst years in the history of. Right. I think ninety two they sold like fifteen cars or something. Right. What did well, you get? You wait. A, there was a, uh, an economic downturn then mm-hmm. too, which contributed. And you bought. I, I'm trying to rack my brain here. If it's, uh, I'm trying. What did you have? A midnight blue nine six four turbo. I did. Was that what your first nine six four? I remember that. No, car. I had a uh, I had a midnight blue Targa mm-hmm. C four. I bought Ooh. for um, ninety one, and then I bought a turbo, and I didn't like it. Right. right, that issue, and I traded it for the orange '73 RS. No wow. way, Sam. and I remember that, that drive. Was a, that, that was a Holy price moly. parody. Yes. No. No. Way. No. I, Sam had to give me some money for that. I think I bought it for ninety-five grand, probably in what, what, what would be ninety-three or four. For which car? The '964. The orange. The, the tangerine. No, the tangerine RS. car you got when I was on Seinfeld mm-hmm. when I was writing there. So ninety-five to ninety-eight, my friend. Somewhere in that zone is when you got it. Because I remember uh, you said, y- this car is going to blow your mind, how fast this thing is. The All orange right? car. The orange car. Yeah. And I, I think at the time, I, I don't remember what I was thinking, but I just did not look at vintage Porsches. Mm-hmm. I didn't consider them um, fast. And we drove uh, in Studio City onto the 101. Yeah. And we went up that on-ramp, and you yeah. just got on it, and you went... It's unbelievable fast, isn't it? And I went, no, it's loud. <laughs> I didn't get it. <clears throat> it was such a funny time. It's this progression of this Porsche thing that we do. I didn't, I didn't get the color. Right. I didn't know why you would ever want anything that orange mm-hmm. or these Mexico blues. Like, what is mm-hmm. wrong with you? I remember you driving the, um, what was it, the uh, Mexico blue car. That, what did you have that you used to race over the canyon to work in? That you and I raced one day in it. And that was a 993 Turbo S. Well, you right. Once, I once pulled up next to you in the cup car. Yes. The white cup car, was. I, I went flying by you. Yeah, no, this was the, the turbo. 
because oh, you went around a corner That's so turquoise fast. Turquoise blue 993 Turbo Right. S. So he, Zuckerman, kind of like the way he used to drive up uh, Doheny Zuckerman, right. he went, we were racing stupidly, and he went around a corner so fast, and I went, oh my, Jerry Seinfeld's going to die today. This is at the height of <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> the sitcom is, you know, helicopters are over the set every day that we're shooting, <laughs> and he's having fun of that car, and, I, and, and you would come down and you'd say, everybody was looking at me in this car. The color spike, it's all about the color. They love it. And I said, how do you know they're looking at you because they like it? And I really didn't get it. Do you know what I'm... Do you, I don't remember this conversation I at do all. because it was... Um, it's like... I remember thinking, you really don't know what people are thinking when they're looking at you. They might be looking at you and going, look at that insane car. Right. Now, I think they were looking at that car now saying, what a beautiful car, because I remember uh, I showed that very car to Erica, my wife, and she's not a car person, and she flipped out. She right. goes, I love this car, but I love the guy who can drive this car. What is the loudest color that you could currently order on a car? Mm. What could you do? I feel like I it's just... it's a challenge to your personality, because you see, we see these old cars, we love these outlandish colors on them, but we don't order them when we buy new cars. I feel like I just saw it on Instagram. The olive green... Did you guys catch that olive right. green GT3? Oh, gorgeous. But that's a pretty big olive green. Yeah. You liked it? I did. I liked it. Can I order it? That's, some, <laughs> that's a different question. Well, I really? like looking at it on Instagram because yeah. it lights up your retina. Does it feel like they're making more paint-to-sample GT3s right now than they've ever made? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They absolutely are. Why? Uh, uh, I, I think people have caught on through Instagram to the fact that guys like us are driving cars, old cars with color, and that it's fantastic and it, it really, you don't have to be stuck in gray, silver, black, or white. Right. And Porsche it was making this available. And it was a, it's not that it was a secret for all these years, but suddenly it's caught on. Spike, you had a brilliant marketing idea for Porsche. If there's anybody out there that knows anybody at the company, <laughs> if they just made batches of 10 right. in all of these yes. crazy colors, people would jump over each other to yep. get them. You know, go, there's only 10 exactly. olive green. There's only 10 tangerine. There's only 10 signal orange. We did but, this. We did this with the 2015 GT3s. Yeah. Remember? Color was you that? got the dark blue metallic, and I said, I'm going to go for fashion gray. I heard there's two or three fashion gray cars right. out there floating around. Mm -hmm. It was the end of the batch, and they were doing paint to sample, but they were choosing the mm -hmm. paint colors. Yes. So they did 10 fashion gray, and I grabbed one of them. If they did just runs of 10, Etna blue, fish, sil fish silver Forget blue, it would it. be crazy. It and would then, be crazy. Right. And then we don't, have to, we don't have to worry about when the car is going to come in. We just try to track these cars down. Yeah. And you get something that stands out. Because yeah, I think you're right, Zuckerman. I think people want something unique, and they don't necessarily care which color that ends up being. Right. I look at the olive green car, and I'm like, I salute you, sir, but I, I, it doesn't quite work. It's a little too weird on a modern car. Now, Really? You don't think it works? It's a lot of olive green. It's a lot. I yeah, there's a color. lot of olive green. It's, now, it's I great on an old 911, but on a, on a great big old 991. Yeah, yeah. uh -huh. Not wow. every vintage color works on a big elongated car. Paul was complaining just a moment ago about the size <laughs> of the 911. Nobody knew my first name until you just did that. 
I wasn't talking to you, Zuckerman. I was talking well, to uh, Paul Wilson over there, <laughs> who for some reason is not talking. Um, <laughs> you feel that the 991 platform in general is oversized, that the 997 is really as big as a 911 should get, and now they've kind of, you think they've kind of stepped over the line of... I don't feel that. I know that. Really? I, I emphatically know that this 991 just takes the size a little bit too big. So if the 992 is an, another uh, three-quarters of an inch longer or wider... I'm out. Wow. I'm out. Zuckerman says I'm he's sorry, out. what? You're out? Zuckerman's <laughs> out. I can't take the... When I look, at, when I, when I look over at some of these not, early 911s, like the this is what the 911 T 68 TR TR T slash R and then I even I look at the 964 and I say God those are really perfect perfectly sized 911s and I can get my head around a 993 gets bigger and I can get my head around a 997 but then you go bigger than a 997 and well, see this big. is this is good well first of all you're lying you would you would drive that new car and you go holy crap was which wrong? which one anything we've been saying this stuff for years you have a 991 gt3 rs do you know how much it's too big how too big he says. much hemming and hawing over the water cooled cars oh when this happens it's the end it's over you know what they really screwed up there why didn't they just say liquid cooled Liquid cooled is so much cooler and more tech sounding Ooh, than water cooled. Water cooled sounds like an aquarium. Vasa. Like, yeah. German. <laughs> liquid cooled. I remember when Suzuki came out with a liquid cooled 750 two stroke triple in the late 60s. It was so goddamn cool. It said you. liquid cooled on the right. case. We didn't think, oh no, it's not air cooled anymore. We just thought, oh my God, liquid cooled. Yeah. Isn't it cooler sounding? Of course. Yeah. Okay. To, on the side, what do you think about the size of the, of the latest 911s? Because the controls are so much more precise, you don't feel the size. You get in, that, uh, in, a, in a 918, you get in that Panamera Turbo. You don't feel the size because the precision of the, all the controlling. But, but, but when you look over your shoulder to change lanes and you realize you have all of that car. Yeah, I, 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 that's fair. But... You're not really. You you can still move so quickly because it's so much faster than most other cars, and it's the steering and suspension precision that that masks the size. Okay, let's step into this room because this is the perfect point to do it. Every once in a while, we we're at Rensport, we're in Monterey, we'll we'll all be in Amelia, and we'll run into some of these Porsche designers that we know. Yeah, the gods, our heroes, mm-hmm. our stars. The people we think are celebrities. Right. Tony Hatter, right. who designed Larson. the 993. Right. Grant Larson designed the Boxster and the Carrera GT. Right. And they always ask us, mostly you, but we get involved in the conversation because we're standing nearby. What would we make? What would we do next? So I throw it out to you two. Well, you I am want- going to say that I wanted to do a custom-made one-off 911 10 years ago. Grant and I had discussed this, and he approached the board, and what I wanted to build was a new 911R, which they refused us, but then, four or five years later, ha-ha, the 911R appeared. Okay, hold on. Zuckerman, you're a lawyer. Do they owe him money? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. And I'll take the case. I'll, I'll take, take the case. <laughs> and, we can, and we can allege <laughs> yeah. that somewhere we have a wedding album. <laughs> <laughs> we will not discuss you. the wedding album. Let's not discuss no, that. Some of the techniques we're going to use to get some money out of this. They stole his idea. 
We did. I was there for some of that conversation, the initial part of it, which I think was at Ren Sport Reunion, Jerry. I remember sitting down with those clowns and we were talking yeah. to... Uh, <laughs> they just went from heroes to clowns. They are heroes, but here's why... Yeah, no, I was telling them that I was tired of the navigation system and, and, oh, yes, and I didn't want 50 it? pages of paper to tell me how to put in a waypoint to right. get El Pollo Loco. I just want to say, take me to El Pollo Loco, please. But um, Love El Pollo Loco. So you are the father... Of the 9-11-R. Uh, reputedly. It's, 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 I don't know if it will hold up in court. <laughs> Did you submit any drawings? Did you lay out? I, I know. I, it was what I said. I said, I want a, I want a super lightweight no wing GT3. That's a short conversation, but what yeah. specifically did you ask for? You said first of all, I'd like to bring the R badging back. Yeah. And Grant must have lost his mind. Yeah. He must have lo- he he must have meant yes. Yeah. Do you think he knew at that point that that was in the pipeline? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Who knows anything? Wow. This is big. This is well, that's pretty big news mm-hmm. that you are responsible for the 9/11. I like to think so, <laughs> but I don't know. I I think you're right. I remember him. We had a conversation with him, and I, I, I'm trying to. It was at some event. We were there, Rensport reunion, and we were saying we want something small. It was we the want... race car classic in 2011. Exactly. There at it the is. Quail. There you go. Right. And we want something light. We want it small. We want it like the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Is... And Wolfgang Porsche was there. Yes, he was. He had strudel hanging out of his lederhosen's, <laughs> and boy, is that guy Germany. It's like meet Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Rosy faced. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him? Yeah. Just about to enjoy. Well, I won't say. Um, I was going to make a diesel gate joke there, but really <laughs> would not be appreciated. Um, well, what would you make, Ferris? Well, that yeah, is what, what I'm, would you that's make? what I'm throwing out to you right now. I know Again, what I would make. Here's what, what they go have ahead. not made. They think they make it, but they don't make it. They don't make a new speedster. They take the 911, they chop the top off they put speed humps well see this is where i was going to take this this call okay like so we've been talking about the boxster spider with a gt3 engine that's that's getting there yeah we've been talking about um and i can't get into specifics about the watch that we've been talking about but there are these new tag hoyer octavias that won the octavia Mm -hmm. cup but they're a little chunky still right they're still a little newy Right. And, and, and the Boxster Spider with the GT3 engine, it's going to be fantastic, but it's still a little big. Couldn't you, as it's we big. look... It's big. The Boxster's not big. How could we get back to something small like the short Why wheelbase 911s? heritage edition like Jaguar did with the E-types? So this is your idea. That's my idea. I think How do those things pass crash tests? They don't, but they're allowed to because on the books... I, now, this is what I believe. I believe on the books... They had more chassis or VIN numbers that they had. They had produced some bodies of chassis, and they're sitting in a closet somewhere or in a warehouse somewhere, and they never finished them. And they get a little legislation to say, okay, you can take those unused VIN numbers and the unused chassis that are sitting around somewhere, and you can finish them. Oh. Look, Fender does it with guitars. They make these reissue strats. Uh, Tag Heuer has done it with some of their watches in the 90s, the, the reissue Carreras. You're right. I mean, that so what, would so be So what's it. your dream reissue? <clears throat> Any 9-11. Any early 9-11. Yeah. yeah. We can't make a car that small anymore. We, it can't, we can't. First of all, we don't have these chassis numbers in the closet How do you know? and you have to you have to crash these things they have to you know they they make these regulations more and more difficult every year to meet 
but that's why Jaguar did get away with, they've, <clears throat> they've produced these 10 or 11 lightweight E-types that are going to be legal. Here's how you do it. Because we're building a car right now. Zucker, Zuckerman and I, the Zagato, right, in Italy. The house of Zagato is making kind of like your Abarth, mm -hmm. the Zagato Porsches with Porsche's blessing. And it starts with uh, a 356 right. with a VIN number. And as right. long as you have that, now you're in the singer category. You've uh, got right. something that's already a car, uh, right? Right. right. So it, they would have to acquire some old husks, let's say, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> with, with numbers. All it needs is the number. Did you see that? That looked like yeah. you and McGregor going by with <laughs> guitar on the motorcycle. God, it's so great down here. Yeah. Um, he gets husks, you get VIN numbers, and that can be the beginning of something very cool and very new and very special. What would I do? I don't know. If they, if they made some more RSs, if they made a, you know, for me it would be an RSR, a street RSR from the 70s, 74. Mm, I rocky, that? but something new added to it that makes it special and different, made by the factory, sanctioned by the factory, supported by the factory. All right. In beautiful, kind of like your '64 that the factory restored. There's something, there's oh, something that about that car that really yeah. I love. Yeah, and, I, and, and even though it's a restoration, it has so much soul yeah. to it. And I don't know if that's because of the of, that it was very Porsche's car or that it was done in the factory, but that car speaks to me. It's not a soulless restoration. It's true. At the time that they did it, they weren't doing restorations as a right. business. So maybe that's one of the reasons that it really got uh, special care. I mean, they knew it was the first 911 and Ferry Porsche's car, so maybe they put extra, uh, took extra care with it. It did come out amazingly well. This is a car that uh, debuted at Pebble Beach in 1998, if you want to look that up and see what it looks like. And you drive it. Yeah. And you drive it. It's, yeah, it's I, fantastic. I've seen a lot of pictures of it on the streets of New York City. People come by it or walk by it take a nice shot right could you imagine right. if you so could cool. go into a porsche dealership and get that today yeah a new 901 series right. we're gonna make 10 more 901s <laughs> you better make it a hundred so one for spike one for z one for Jerry. No, this is if there like, were 10, it would be one for Jerry and nine for It's a good thing we don't people. drink while we're doing this show. Well, we're smoking these cigars. And well, yeah. so how do you like enjoying because I'm not focused on the cigar. I like to smoke a cigar and do nothing else. It's so full but, of complaints. Uh, yeah. We're sitting well, here in this beautiful place. kind of my business. <laughs> <laughs> smoking cigars. Let's take a break, and we'll be back with more Spikes Car Radio. You guys, well, let's talk a little more. And then we'll get into this. Uh, we've got some photo albums here. If you remember the Rod Emery show, um, one of these photo albums is sitting right here. We'll be right back. You never really told that story that day. You were going to. Just keep talking. I looked for one <clears throat> second, but... I, well, so for, put the mic up to your mouth and let's start talking about it. This is what the wedding album was. All right. We're back. Zuckerman is looking through an album here. They're not real breaks. They're just breaks so they can cut an ad into it. Oh, it, it. Not long enough. With a show like this, the way this one's going, people are going to yell at me if I stop it. And, and I don't want to stop it. I'd rather be yelled at by you for not stopping it. <laughs> Jerry's eating this, okay, this photo <laughs> album is really great. Imagine. So wait, wait. Tell us what it is, Jerry. What is he holding in his hand? A little uh, one. It's one. a real. Remember how photo albums were in the 60s? It was like a little book. With a string, and there's 
black and white pictures, and they're, they're glued to pages with a little um, seized candy foil over each uh, picture. <laughs> and where was this acquired? In one of those crazy um, auctions in Germany of uh, Porsche memorabilia, there was a friend of Ferry Porsches back in the 60s who acquired tons and tons of memorabilia and just kept it. They had a falling out over uh, a, a certain uh, uh, situation that uh, they had in common. And uh, <laughs> So circumspect. I had a chance <laughs> wouldn't want to... Him to hear uh, this. <laughs> I almost bought the entire garage full of stuff, but it was too much money. I didn't know what was in it. I was afraid to buy it. So then they started leaking it out every uh, year. They would have this auction, and I would just buy everything. Yeah. And I didn't even know what... I still haven't even looked through it all. Yeah, you, you Isn't would, that cool stuff, Zay? See, it's, it's unbelievable. It what are you seeing, Z? What, Z? what you're looking at. I, yeah. It's a little Tell photo us. album. It's uh, probably say six inches, maybe five inches by 10 inches. It's a rectangle. It's got a kind of fabric covering that's a print that you would have found in Europe in the 1950s. It's mm -hmm. very worn and dirty. And somebody took a Porsche emblem, like a hood emblem, and they cut the, they, they had to cut the backing of the, mm. um, of the front cover so that they could rivet this thing. They riveted this into, um, the, here, we'll take the front so you can see this old fabric. I can take the pictures. You okay. just keep talking. Shut People up. are listening. Don't, don't tell me what to do. And, <laughs> and, and obviously, these, like you said, it's got this very weird um, plasticine uh, mm -hmm. uh, protectors. And the photos are just hand glued in with the little triangle points that go in the corners. And it, and what are the cars, though? That's well, the cars, that's the whole point is, is that you open this up and the cars' pictures of some of the rarest and earliest Porsche race cars that are out there. Yeah. Also notable. Early 50s stuff. Also notable is how well these photographs are framed for old pictures. You know when you look at old pictures when you couldn't control the cropping? Yeah. Each one of a these. A real pro. A real pro a real took pro. these pictures and laid them out like they cared. Four pictures on each page. And this is what blew right away because nobody had pictures of, say, the 47 car, which crashed. Right. And then, lo and behold, right here in this album, the Holy Grail. Wow. You've got pictures of the 47 car for the 1951 Le Mans. You can see how it was damaged. And then... Again, lo and behold, you Was it 50 or 51? You would know better than me. I thought it was 51. I could be wrong. I think you're right. It is 51. And wow. then all of a sudden you look and there's the 46 car, which Rod is struggling to restore to Le Mans spec. Right. And he doesn't have any pictures of it. And you just happened to, in an, in an unlooked photo album that you've mm -hmm. had forever. By the way, sitting in this very spot. This right. is the spot we were in that day. I said to Spike, hey, look at these pictures I got of these old gamuns. And Spike said, you know, let's uh, take a picture of it and, and text it to Rod Emery. It'll really make him laugh. Look at what we got. Yeah, but and not tell him who it is. Yeah. We're just going to send him out of the blue. Which we did. That shook his, uh, he, it shook he his faith. He kind of freaked out. Because he happened to be at a moment, he was trying to finish the car. Yes. He didn't have any information on what the engine compartment looked mm -hmm. like and here and here it was in this album as you're eating sandwiches the way you're eating ritz crackers right now how are those crackers low fat they're terrible but we ate the whole sleeve yeah you're, you're also drinking a really weird soda-y thing jerry what is that Lacroix. Lacroix. what is a Lacroix? is that wine spritzer this, this is a flavored <laughs> sparkling water that's so hot you can't even get these things I don't personally care for it. I don't even know. I just found it. You can't get LaCroix? No. 
I could buy LaCroix on my phone in 10 seconds. No, you can't get this flavor. You live in New York. What's the flavor that you can't get? What, Raspberry Jubilee or something? It's Pample Moose. It's not a drink show, okay? It's a car show. Yeah. Pample Moose. He wants us off. Grapefruit. Pample Moose. That's what it says. It is Pample Moose. It's French for grapefruit. That's grapefruit. I know, yeah. That would be your new nickname. That was my nickname for Erica when I first started dating her. Pample Moose, yeah. Weird coincidence. Nobody cares about that. Moose into their nickname. (laughs) (laughs) But but not not the word pimple. Pimple mouse. Pimple moose. Hey! Pimple moose, get over here. That's your nickname. Boy, uh, we're sitting here. We're in in view also of a 918 Spider in uh, dark blue metallic Z. How does that car hit you? But by the way, Jerry, you, again, generously offered... To let him drive that today, and he doesn't want to go near it. He's, He's going to go near so it. When, when it's I not decide, such a generous offer. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a spiteful, mean offer. It's designed to cause pain, inflict pain. <laughs> but don't you like He's that kind of right? <laughs> My only goal is to upset him. <laughs> but don't you like that kind of pain? Don't you love driving something where you go, now, I, 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 like when I drove your R, I went, okay, I've got to get one of these at some point. It's nice to have those carrots in front of the cart that kind of keep you working and dreaming. And many of the people listening to this podcast know, Jerry talked me out of buying this car. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to get this car. And then, and then... And he I, convinced I me, even though I had it at sticker. He's I, squinting now as he talks because he well, knows he's lying. He's angry, partially it's the cigars <coughs> are killing me. My eyes are my eyes are falling out of my head. And, what, are you and, choking on crackers? Is that what I that can only hope? <laughs> on Lacroix? Yeah, drink it's your Lacroix. This pimple, this <laughs> pimple mouse is killing him. <clears throat> Pardon me. Have you, you've never driven a nine eighteen Z? No, and I refuse to. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know if he would like it. that. That's a car you you really uh, oh, you got to get it out on the open road. Right. This is very. This is very clever, Jerry. To now say I don't know if I don't know if it's for you. I don't know if it's if for Bernie you. Madoff would even take you. I don't know. I got to talk to him. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> yes, that's that's the sales pitch that gets to me. Yeah. Look. Right. Here's why you need to drive it now and you need to drive it soon. Because the Porsche is making a lot of stuff like it. There's a lot of stuff like it coming down the line. There's plug-in, there's plug-in turbos I heard about and plug-in 911s. Wow. And what year it's, is that 918? Is it a 15 or 16? What is it? Or 14? We don't I know. it's a 14. That means, four years old? That yeah. Means, that means that before you know it, in... 2022 or three or four, the, the next supercar is going to be out. The it's next- not. It's not that. It's that technology that makes that car. The technology that they put in that car is coming in other stuff. Uh, our, our friend Jack Murphy was down here this morning with the uh, the plug-in hybrid Panamera. Was there, okay, and so he was already talking. I was already listening to him review it, like Jerry first if reviewed you had the 918. Buy a plug-in Panamera. One of them. Was just a plug-in, and the other one had flame shooting out of it. Which one? Would, which one would you like? You can't see the flames when you're driving. You can okay. The 918 has flames come out. Yeah, of it. flames. Flames, yeah. and it makes an ungodly, wonderful sound. Right. But my point is that technology is coming in the cars soon. Okay. A lot but sooner that than 2020. Is not that no. is a flat plane crank, uh, four point uh, <clears throat> three liter. V8 that shoots racing flames. that shoots flames, and that's why I bought the car just to get 
a normally aspirated flat plane crank V8 race motor. This is not what I was hearing, by the way, contemporaneously when we were discussing this car. Well, yeah, look, I, I never heard let that. Let it go, I never Paul. Heard, let it, let I it all. That. No, this is but my Suckerman. religion is resentment. I'm not letting it go. You well, said that you, th- these are on the market now for 1-1? Well, yeah. <clears throat> I don't believe That's totally it. reasonable. <laughs> That's where the bidding starts. Now, <laughs> now, look, I'm not saying they're, they go for 1-1. One, one. I'm saying I saw a couple that the bidding started around there that may be somewhere between, depending on the options, and that's not for Vysok package. How is the GT2 RS not killed the market for that car, by the way? It's, it's, it's for which car? It's so different. It's faster. GT2 RS is faster than the I know, but that looks that thing looks better. Here, I have a... I have a I have a question for you, and only you guys can answer this question. Which is the Carrera GT is a very expensive car to maintain, mm-hmm. right? There's, you get big uh, bills yeah, for maintenance, yeah, like yeah, shocks. Yeah. You were just telling us were eighteen, fourteen thousand, and yeah. what does a new clutch cost? Thirty grand. Thirty grand, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Thirty grand. Is the nine eighteen less expensive? To, He's under to, warranty. It's too new. It's not under warranty anymore. It's only two years. But, but my uh, sense of that car is that it's not <clears> going in as much as the Carrera GTs go in. They never know until it gets old. Right. Well, well here we are. Fall apart. We're Nobody almost knew. four years out now. You know, they design these cars to be driven, and people don't drive them. This is what happens to these Carrera GTs. They're That's not true. exercised enough. Right. True. A hundred percent. So they never know what's going to happen when you build a car to, to to be driven, and people don't drive it. Uh, weird things go wrong. Okay. You only you have two thousand miles on that car. In, yeah. in, in four years. Yeah. Wow. And I took it over the break, uh, the break uh, in miles. Remember yes, that that's we were on right. the ten. That was great. Ticked right down, and then I get to open it up past Jerry's five thousand RPMs. Few people that adheres to the break in uh, regimen. He I definitely do. does. Do yeah, yeah. I, I admire him for that. Yeah. I can't do it myself. I don't do it either. Right. Yeah. Nope. I was told by Bert Olander from Circle Porsche. Because you were so rigid in your break-in period, yeah. he said, you can, you can goose it up whenever you want. Just don't sustain. Don't get on the highway and drive it above the RPM level you're supposed to be at for a long time. I but if you want to goose they, it up every once in a while, you're fine. They're going to come okay. to you and say you wrecked a car. Just the same way you're not, you know, it was stupid to drink margarine or eat margarine. Uh, uh, now it's going to be stupid to if adhered. You're gonna what about this? What if we take a little break here on Spike's podcast? We put Zuckerman in the 918, <laughs> have him drive a couple laps around the airport, and come back and give us his driving I think that's an excellent How idea. How about that, Spike's and- podcast fans? How would you like <laughs> to hear that? Why you can hear them the cheering right now. Why am I the punching bag? And Why we are definitely going to gonna do that. Is, I'm the pigeon in this show. Yeah. Look, and remember, when we were out there doing the lap, Zuckerman, what Letterman said. When you're down in that corner, the tower cannot see you. <laughs> so feel free to, to gun Shoot it over 20 flames. miles an hour. Shoot those flames, okay, my friend. Okay, we'll be back in a few minutes with Paul Zuckerman's <laughs> impressions of the 918 Spider <laughs> after this. And if I don't have a sponsor to fill this spot, we'll do one for your law firm. How's that? Okay. All right, there All you right, go. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years, and anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and in 54321... 
I'm out of time. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia, host of Chasing Glory here on Podcast One. Every week, I'm talking to the biggest athletes and entertainers about their journey to success. Did you hear this week's episode? Stephanie McMahon is on Chasing Glory. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Lillian. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> the highs. Let me just say that announcing the first ever Women's Royal Rumble was one of my most memorable moments. And the lows. Uh, I've almost been fired numerous times. It hasn't always been pretty. This week, I keep it real, raw, and inspiring with WWE's Stephanie McMahon. Everything you want to know and didn't know. What do you feel like having three daughters for Triple H has meant to him? (laughs) Make sure to subscribe and download new episodes every Monday of Chasing Glory with me, Lillian Garcia. You can get it exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, or on the all-new Podcast One app. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, here we are. We're back. Uh, Zuckerman is pulling up in the 918 right now in all electric mode. And uh, he's pulling into the hangar. Wow, what a sound. What a beautiful color. He's got the music on for some reason. He probably couldn't figure out how to get the music off. No, I told him. He's listening to the Beatles, which we can't afford, so turn it off. Wow. Okay, this is going to be good, Jerry. You've been waiting I for... I mean, he, he did, you know, uh, probably 25 miles waiting. an hour. But, you know, we're so fluent at, at this point in car. We speak and breathe and live car. But you've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Long time, yeah. Long time. Uh, I think even at a low speed, you get a sense of the personality of a car that you can speak on it. And I fully expect <laughs> Mr. Zuckerman... Okay, he's got <laughs> oh, his tongue in his this cheek. Face. Fans, if you could see this face... <laughs> Oh, this is one unhappy guy. No. Come in, pick up let's, the microphone and start talking. Okay, here it is. Paul's I wish looking. I'd never done that. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to be obsessed. How are you? That's not, good. How are you not driving that car nonstop? Look around, son. I understand, but for, for any other person, that car is so far beyond any of their wildest dreams. Yes, it, it is. is such a fa- it is it's sculpture yes it's incredibly well executed the interior is unbelievable the interior is so beautiful the finishes the tactile feel and then the drivetrain yeah, is the drivetrain is, <laughs> is something i've never experienced before mm-hmm. Uh, so, play- so what did you do? You got? Did you take it up? Did you? Did right, you so hear I the went, engine? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I. So when I went the first time through the little secret spot where you can go fast. Right. Okay. I had it in sport mode, and obviously the amount of power that it can produce and and put to the ground is incredible. The handling is is beyond. Uh, and the and the the ease with which you could which with, with which you could get it to go fast and handle is so nice but yeah. so responsive. Right. So if you were to say that the, the the prior version of this is the Carrera GT, well, you better be a, a a really good driver to be able to handle that car when you're putting power down. Here, you could put the power down and. It's going to take care of you. Right. But if you can drive, it's going to really give you some rewards. I right. can see that from that short stretch. And right. when I turned it around and came back, I had it on stealth mode, on right. full electric, which is 
very disconcerting for someone like me, who's a, a pure petrol head. Mm-hmm. But um, if you step on it, it goes, I think, automatically into hybrid. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. So I wish I'd never been in the car. And I'm appreciative that you allowed me to do that. And I will go back to uh, being very angry with you shortly. I like to, as like I, when we, we took a drive in the, my 61, 718 RS61 Spider, the second of the last aluminum Spider bill. Wow. Which I said, you know, whether you buy one of these or ever have this experience, it's something to have in your library. So you just have all these um, reference points to, to refine your taste and your acumen. Here's the difference. I wasn't in the dealership in 1961. It was mm-hmm. never something that I had in my grasp. Mm-hmm. I've never had that in my grasp, but it's pretty, I can accept it's pretty well out of my grasp right now. Uh, that RS-718, uh, the 61. Yeah. So RS-61. Now, this, on the other hand, this 918 was within my grasp. Yeah. And and for reasons we've discussed, ad infinitum, right. I didn't take it. Right. So it's a, <clears throat> the, you know, but I, I'm feeling... I could, I could go through your group of cars with, a, with an editor's scalpel and carve out the the necessary yep. revenue yep. so quickly. Yep. I could do it in 15 minutes. I go, get rid of this, 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 and this. There wouldn't be and a lot, gonna, and there wouldn't be a lot a, left. We're going to get into a, a 918. You're right. Which, uh, and I do predict the numbers on these are going to start to go down. I mean, <clears throat> nobody could believe that the GT2 beat this car by 10 seconds. 10 seconds is a long time on a racetrack. Okay, but that's... okay. Uh, but what's going to be more drivable, truly? The GT2. You think so? No question. Why? No you way. Say that? Because you got no this way. is a mid-engine hypercar. A GT2 is just—it's a 930 turbo built in 2018. I don't think that. I think I don't know about that. Will have less miles on them than the 918s. I agree. I agree. That's agree. my suspicion. Okay. I've got some listings for 918s right here. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Champions got one. Uh, Vysock package in martini uh, livery. They're asking for what? Two million? What two, color? Two, two. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes. that's, that's, These are 2015s, by the way, which I'm guessing, Jerry, yours is 2015. Yes. Porsche of North Houston has one for 1.5. Silver. Okay, we're getting and there. black. Oh, yeah, just pocket change. Come <laughs> money. A bag of sweets. Get a Netflix deal, Zuckerman. <laughs> And you can have one too. A bag of boiled sweets. Yeah. What does that mean? A bag of boiled sweets. That's a a British uh, granny uh, candy. Boiled sweets. All right. I'm on Dupont Registry. Here's another beautiful car. Wow. This one is silver, black wheels with a red interior, Vysock package. Two one. Look at him. Look at him. And Two one. And as you hold that cigar, telling me this, you look like such a swindler. Here's yeah, one. Two, oh. two swindlers. Factory matte black Vysock package, uh, martini package as well. That one, they're not going to tell you the price. It's got 200 miles on it, Zuckerman. You don't we, want those little miles. We have an orange Who cares one. about the miles? Garnet red. This one looks orange. Yeah, one nine. These aren't as cheap as I thought they might no. be. Holy what moly. What are thinking? Two one two one. Drowned in a, in a flood somewhere. Right. No, if you find it without the Vysock package, that's the one. Mm. That's, that's the, the one. one. No, and Jerry has the Vysock. You package. don't need it. It's easy for you to say when you have it. Of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, why oh, do no. you? It's, it's, you a guy like you, you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky to have anything. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh well, I, I'm glad I had the experience. And um, so you really think, honestly, now that you would get a lot of use out of having something like that. Yeah. What, what would you do with it? You drive that to work? Why not? I'm just asking. Why not? Yeah. yeah, Zuckerman would drive it. He drives his cars to work. Right. He crashes in them all the time. Right. Of course he's going to drive it. I, I think these things, Zuckerman, are little gifts, right? They're little gifts. Men of your age, men of your position. Mm-hmm. And you can, get, you can get a little indifferent towards life. You can get a little blasé about things. And when you see something that you don't have that you want, doesn't it make you want to work harder and get that? Doesn't it? That, he can't that, work any harder. I know, but uh, do you know what I'm saying? Doesn't I it make few, you? Yes, I, you I, go I, home and dream. Doesn't it? Isn't it yes, fun I to have to, something I to dream to, to aspire to? Shoulder. I need the hunger. Yes, yes. This is good for me. Yeah. Yes. And isn't it yes. nice to have something that someday? Hashtag. What's the hashtag we see? Life. Life. Me uh, too. No, no. <laughs> you keep saying that. There's a, whenever we post cars, there's always someone who goes, you know, this is my dream. This is the thing I work for someday. Goals. Hashtag goals. 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 Yeah, car, car goals. goals. Oh, That's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Isn't it nice to have car goals? Yeah, I like yeah, having okay. car goals. So, do I have to pay you for this? No. Is this therapy. It what could be. It? it could very it could easily be. be. Why not? If you'd like to get into your how we do we do it's I I would love to explore perhaps in our next episode the emotional psychological relationship we have with cars forget about the money the fun we all talk about this is cool this is not cool there's an emotional we're wrapped yes, up in these things emotionally Freudian this goes back to our childhood okay I mean there's many theories I I don't think so I you actually think- I think it's a drug interaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. The okay. car being the drug, or we're on drugs buying cars. The car is, if you're built a certain way genetically, a car causes a drug interaction that is real. Oh, totally. Visceral. They of could course. take your blood. When we were doing those four cams today, yep. they could take yes. your blood afterwards and say, You are out of your mind right now. <laughs> of course. That's the same way you're high. gets about a lady's shoes, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, thank God yeah. I left cars. Yeah. Yeah. Pervert and shoes, huh? There's perverts and shoes. We know that. And you're, these things is the same as the cars. No, but he's talking about the chemical reaction. Yeah. He, it's, not a, it's more than chemical. It's aesthetic. It's, um, there's, there's also like time track things that goes on with these older cars. Yeah. We think, wow, this is the way it was back then. I was this age at that time. Right. Now I'm back in that moment. Yeah. You know, I in some way. In that it's very, it's complicated. What is the thing that makes us like older cars that are older and older as we get older? Like, I started going, I really, I was dreaming of cars, the early 70s was my, those were my years. Like, I'll, to I'll me, tell you, there's nothing better, and I would look at you in these short wheelbase cars, or Sam would take me out and I'd test drive like a 68, 911, 66, and i go, this is too small, it's too wishy-washy, mm-hmm. and now it's all I want. What is that? I'll explain it to you very simply. As you get older, as you have more life in your life, your kids and your family and all the things that you've done, it's just more chaos. And the further back you go in technology, you get more simplicity. Right. The time was simpler. The technology was simpler. Mm-hmm. And you get a little dose of that. And uh, it's yeah. very, I agree 100%. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah. yeah. 
He, and he said that Eddie took it. a sip of his pamplemousse right before, <laughs> right, right before he gave a very, very ah, bright and smart. Mm-hmm. I should drink I like some of that word shit. Astute. Did you try that? I know, but I'm going to start drinking it's it. It's soda. <laughs> He's drinking it's just, soda. It's just flavored um, seltzer is what it is. It's soda. <laughs> you're eating Ritz crackers and drinking soda. And having a cigar. And but how's the cigar? It. it is a good cigar, just right? Well... <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to say. Even with all that said, and I hate when people say, now that said, I hate that. We heard you say it. You don't need to tell us that you said it. <laughs> I still think it's even more complex than that. Our relationship, two cars, is even more complex than yes. all these other things we've already mentioned. Yes. And you could get it, you could, we could just break it down to the, the feelings of acquiring and releasing cars. Yeah. It's very, very emotional experiences. We don't really investigate them much. But you know what you go through when you buy something, when you sell something. It keeps, okay. You tell me all the time. Uh, you're doing all this work. You're banging away at, at the office. And it's the car shit that keeps you going. It's, it's the reward. Yeah, it's the it, it is the treat I get. I'm like the seal that, that yeah. it gets a little uh, kipper right. after doing a trick. Right. Now maybe we should. You know, is there a Seinfeld Foundation? Yes, there is. Okay, so I think the Seinfeld Foundation should perhaps fund research into what it is. About. So needed. So so needed. needed. <laughs> <laughs> In today's a PhD, world, a PhD yeah. program in car psychology. In, in car psychology. No, it's it's all important stuff. It's because when you know someone else is going through it, it doesn't feel like such a big deal anymore. Right, and I think that's, that's part what of what is. this show is about. Because a lot of people out there think they think they're crazy. I thought I was crazy when I was buying all these Porsches in the early '90s, right? Yeah. And then, but I turned out to be. It, it was just the beginning of everybody kind of recognizing, hey, there's something very interesting about going backwards in technology. Right. Right. Yeah. Funny you say because the first car I bought, which I bought was a, it was a '79 Firebird, a Formula Firebird, wow. and I bought it in 1982. But at that time, I was already looking in the vintage section and I didn't know it, 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 it would just seem to be something that I was attracted to I didn't understand what it was but I thought old cars were cool and I wanted to buy as my first car a 64 Dodge Dart with a, a push button transmission <laughs> and I was prevented from doing that right but I always wanted these old cars for me wow. it was the 68 MG midget <laughs> all right wow. there is a very big antique looking fighter plane coming this is right a at us. Russian uh, a, a fighter plane from the mid 60s. What do they call these? The Fokkers? They're they're new planes made to look vintage. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. That's oh, baby. Wow, is that cool? Uh, that that really looks like a World War II. I think airplane. he repainted that. Wasn't that the one that Spike used to have a uh, Digital camo look. I think he just repainted. Yeah, it. he's got a couple of them. I'm what a beautiful they plane! Blast us with their fifty caliber machine guns yeah. again. Look at how. Why you would you that? ever want to get rid of? I'll take a picture of it and try to throw it up. There you go. This airport that has so many of these beautiful things here, machines and otherwise. Well, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. What a great day! Great, fantastic great day. Saturday. What a launch, too. Bill really needs some, some 
props and kudos oh, for what Bill's he made. Bill's Malibu Kitchen. We give him friends. a lot of props. He was a little upset that we didn't do the podcast there, but I, I wanted to uh, smoke a cigar. <laughs> I, I think we can focus much better, and uh, this is much better. Yeah, there's no distractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's oh, no people coming people. up yeah, and talking yeah. and trying to grab the microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people do like uh, when you yell at people, though, Zuckerman. You know, when they're parking in places they shouldn't park, and otherwise the dog fights. So we will be back out there. Don't worry. But coming here to the porn hangar was a real treat. Jerry, thank you. You're welcome. Thank we, you very much. The fans for pleasure. allowing the, us to drive your four camps today. Well, the fans really wanted Thank to hear you. from the original crew again, especially Mr. Seinfeld here. Nice to be here. back. And it's nice to have him back. That's it for Spike's Car Radio. We will uh, see you next week with another show. So long. Pample Moose. thanks for listening to spikes car radio download new episodes every wednesday on the podcast one app or subscribe now at apple podcasts or podcast one.com